Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Gahn. And I'm Aaron McMahon. The Michigan football team was on a bye this past weekend, but hosts Michigan State in primetime this Saturday. We dive into that matchup, update you on any news involving the program, and talk a little hoops as well, coming up on Wolverine Confidential. All right, Aaron, good to be talking with you here Monday morning, October 24th. We do not have a Michigan football game to recap. Uh, It was a bye. I feel like it came at a good time for the program and those who cover it. Do you agree? (laughs) Yes. Ideally, I like buys at like the midway point of the year. Yeah. And you play six games and you get the buy. And some years we get that. Um, others, obviously, it doesn't it doesn't work out like that one. This is fine. I mean, they played seven, yeah. get the buy, we got five left. So it's it's ideal. What I don't like is when the buy comes in like week three or week four. Yeah. It's like, oh, and then they got eight straight games. And I'm sure <laughs> the players don't either. I mean, we talked to them last, a few of them, a handful last week. And they all, I mean, they all basically agree that we need time off. We, you know, our bodies are, are aching and the rest is good. So the rest for everyone, I think it's, it comes at a good time. Absolutely. So we will, we will get into, you know, what's been happening uh, over the past couple of weeks with the program. Talk Michigan State a little bit. We'll do a more in-depth preview later in this, in the week uh, when we'll invite Matt Wenzel of M Live, who covers the Spartans uh, on to for a bit of a crossover episode, but Let's start. Let's start this one with basketball. We did have from for the Michigan men's program, you know, two media days uh, two weeks ago. It was yeah, the Wednesday they were in Minneapolis, then Friday they were in Ann Arbor talking with us. Uh, so you know, learned some things about the program, and you know, they won't they won't play for another uh, few weeks here. The the opener on uh, November seventh uh, is the Monday, I believe. Um, you know, at home against Purdue Fort Wayne, but yeah. So I, I don't know. I've been writing about them, you know, on MLive.com slash Wolverines. And I think the, the number one thing is sort of, you know, who's going to be out there on the floor and what I learned recently here only kind of confirms my projection from the summer. Uh, and that is your starting point guard will be Jalen Llewellyn. Uh, he'll be joined in the backcourt by Kobe Bufkin. Uh, Llewellyn is the grad transfer from Princeton uh, Bufkin, Sophomore now played sparingly as a freshman just because, you know, he wasn't going to be out there instead of Eli Brooks, um, but he'll he'll be forced into action, you know, plenty this year. Uh, I believe Jed Howard will be, uh, you know, the other starter on the wing. And I think Terrence Williams will be, you know, kind of in that power forward spot uh, for Michigan. He's he's a junior who's, you know, hasn't hasn't been a starter, but he's been he's been a rotation player his whole career. Uh, and then, of course, at center is Hunter Dickinson. So that's your that I believe will be your starting five on opening night. Um, and then depends how deep 
Jawan Howard wants to go with this bench, but um, he's made it clear that Doug McDaniel is going to play. Uh, that's a freshman point guard. Uh, you know, could be out there with Llewellyn at times, pushing pushing Llewellyn off the ball. But um, you know, if not, then just you know, filling in those minutes when Llewellyn's on the bench. You know, Terrace Reed. He hasn't been talked up very much, the freshman center, but, you know, Hunter Dickinson's not going to play 40 minutes and they don't really have another true center. So unless they go super small and they don't even have like the obvious, you know, the Brandon Johns type, I, I really don't know who even would would even if they go small, it would be so small. that I think I think, you know, Reed will get minutes solely because of that. And then you want to go eight or nine deep. You know, Yusef Kayat freshman is going to play and Joey Baker, the grad transfer from Duke, is absolutely going to play. So that's nine right there. I mean, it means talented players aren't going to be, you know, part of this rotation. Will Cheddar and Isaiah Barnes, who redshirted last year, or at least they hope redshirted last year, still waiting on paperwork on Barnes. Uh, you know, that that's tough. Now you're going to you're just going to double digit guys, and that's just not what most programs do. Uh, Greg Glenn, the third, looks like a potential redshirt candidate, the freshman, and Jace Howard. I think he'll be out there. He might be out there in even key spots now and then. Um, that's sort of a versatile defender. But I just don't see him as you know regularly part of this rotation. So that's kind of what what I learned as far as their personnel and, and who to expect out on the court this season. Is it safe to assume, and maybe this is just the case for college basketball in general, given the the one and done phenomenon and everything else? But the, given the fact they have so many of these transfers and this inexperienced, maybe playing these younger guys, I mean, is it safe to assume this team's going to get off to probably a slow start? It's going to take some time for them to gel and, and kind of get used to playing with one another. Uh, that could be. I mean, you know, a lot of teams are in that position. Um, so, so I don't know. They they've got Hunter Dickinson. That's just huge. And you know, Terrence Williams as well. They they've played together a lot. You know, they played together growing up too. So they'll, they'll have that chemistry. But then, yeah, the other you know three starters are um, you know potentially a, a freshman, a transfer, and then a you know a guy who just didn't play too much last year. Um, and then, yeah, when I mentioned the the, the rest of the rotation, uh, it was all guys who were not with Michigan last season. So. So yeah, that's a that that could be. Um, you know, the schedule is not is not easy. I mean, I mentioned uh, you know who they who they open with. Um, you know, Purdue, Fort Wayne, but you know they do have you know before the new year, say they they'll have uh, you know they'll have a, a trip to New York where they'll play you know at least a couple good teams. They have uh, you know a ranked Virginia team in the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge. They go to London to face Kentucky. Um, they play no preseason number one, North Carolina in the state of North Carolina, uh, just before Christmas. So, uh, the, the non-conference is not easy. Uh, the big 10 doesn't look like it has necessarily an elite team. Um, but you know, should be pretty, pretty good overall. Um, Michigan is ranked, uh, 22 in the preseason, uh, AP poll, Indiana was the highest ranked big 10 team, but you know, all the way at, at 13, um, uh, Michigan was next. And then Illinois right behind them at 23, um, you know, Michigan State got some votes, Ohio State, Iowa, uh, Rutgers even got a few votes. But um, yeah, it, that, it, it should be a, a, you know, competitive Big Ten. And, you know, Michigan, I think, can go into the season thinking they've got as good a shot as any as winning it. I mean, Indiana brings back the most. I think that's why they were kind of picked where they were. But like, let's not forget, this is a team that needed to beat Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. And then probably, you know, even the, the next game or two that they won were probably, uh, you know, key to getting them even into the NCAA tournament where they were part of the playing game. So this wasn't some, you know, they're not returning a, a, a team that was that was so dominant last year in the Big Ten. So to pick them to win it uh, would be 
you know, is it would be a major jump for 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 a program that just hasn't been there in, in many years. Um, but again, the questions with Michigan, Illinois, and all their transfers, I I, I get it. But um, yeah, the Big Ten is is there for the taking potentially. The women's side, uh, we'll have more. You know, in the coming weeks, they'll have their media day uh, this week, so learn a little bit more. But um, you know, I think as we touched on coming out of the Big Ten media day, it's all about life without Nas Hillman. Um, you know how they adjust without her and you know play a little differently and and you know, maybe a little more balanced but they also don't really have a point guard either they lost danielle roush and most teams have a true point guard those that don't it's interesting to see how they go so i'll be be asking kim barnes or rico about that this week and kind of see what uh you know what what her plan is there but yeah they also they are also ranked snuck in at number 25 uh in, in the women's ap poll so yeah high expectations I, i'd say for for both programs uh entering entering this season but yeah, the bigger the bigger thing, of course, right now is a football team, and they've got a game against Michigan State. Media availability was limited last week. Jim Harbaugh didn't talk to us, but there were some headlines to come to come out of the the, the program. Um, you know, since since the Penn State game, I guess what were they? Yeah, we yeah we spoke to a handful of guys last week, and they weren't uh, shy about talking about last year's loss to Michigan State. As we all know, it was one of two. Losses on the year. It was the only loss in the regular season. It was really the only stain on their on their resume going into uh, the playoffs, um, and, and they haven't forgot about it. You know, we talked to uh, uh, several guys: Carson Barnhart, Trevor Keegan, um, both offensive linemen. We talked to Roman Wilson, a couple of guys on defense, um, and, and yeah, they they haven't forgotten about the loss last year. They all felt like they should have won that game, and you could probably make the case they they could have or should have. I mean, they had a like a sixteen point lead there in the third quarter, and then gave it away. Um, you can now, you know, and, and the there's obviously that controversial overturned touchdown in the end zone. Kind of the Walker had a really good game, so whether you want to buy into that is a different story. But you know, nonetheless, they lost, and it's certainly lingering. Um, they certainly haven't forgotten about it, and they weren't afraid to talk about it. You know, Roman Wilson last uh, last week, you know, he said that they felt like a he called it a BS call, the uh, turnover or the overturned call there in the end zone. Uh, he felt like they should have won that game. He feels like this team, this Michigan team this year is uh, considerably better than the, the Michigan State team. Uh, so he certainly gave the uh, the Spartans some bulletin board material if they choose to use it or not. Uh, but yeah, sparks are already flying. Uh, the, the players haven't been afraid to talk about it. Uh, it's going to be very fascinating because right now, you've, and we'll get into more this more later in the week with Matt, but you've really got two programs kind of going in different directions, at least at this point in this year. Very, and it's a contrast to what we had last year. Remember, going into the Michigan-Michigan State game in 2021, I mean, you had a pair of unbeaten teams. They were both ranked top 10. It was a, you know, it was legit. There was legit national interest in the game. And I'm not, that's not to say there isn't national interest this year, but Michigan State just isn't the team that they were last year. The three and four, one and three in Big Ten play. Um, whereas Michigan's kind of, they've been able to duplicate what they did last year. So I, I think there's more riding here for Michigan at this point. They've lost two in a row to the Spartans. Uh, certainly it's been a frustrating last couple of years in, in the rivalry game. Uh, so they, they've certainly paid attention, you know, and they, they went into the bye week focused on the game. They still practiced a couple of times last week. They went over film review. Um, they were certainly paying attention. So, um, all attention has been paid in the Spartans. Michigan, I think, isn't letting up. I, I would not be, and we'll get into this probably later in the week with predictions, but it would not surprise me if Michigan look, aims to come out fast Saturday and just, put the put their you know the, the foot on the pedal and try and pull the spartans out now i'm not saying they're going to these games tend to be a little bit closer than sometimes we think 
Um, but there's certainly, I don't think they're going to be uh, disinterested going into Saturday. That's for, at least from the sounds of things. Yeah. I mean, last year's game, again, we will get into this with Matt later in the week, but I just, I think you could almost just throw it out because of Michigan state. I mean, Michigan obviously has a lot of different personnel too, but, um, you know, Michigan state was in that game in particular, a one man show. And that one man is no longer with the team. Uh, and that's Kenneth Walker, the third. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't think it matters so much, except that it, it matters a lot to Michigan. It's clear that, as you as you noted, they've been talking about it a lot. Um, you know, they talked about how that game, in a way, brought them together even more. You know, they had that that kind of bump in the road as their, it was their first loss of the regular season, but they knew everything was still in front of them. I mean, I remember them talking about that in the post game, and I don't know. A lot of us were maybe skeptical of whether that was truly the case. We we knew that mathematically, sure, they still controlled their own destiny, but. Could could a team that couldn't beat Michigan State really beat Ohio State? Um, but in the end, we all know that they did. Um, and it's just you know, it just again, it's so hard to actually go undefeated that uh, you know you could see how that 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 result did did sort of galvanize them and uh, you know is, is clearly motivating them uh, for for this week as well. Well, you know, a few other things come out, including including an injury um, update. I guess Eric Hall he hadn't been playing since. When was the last week he played the second game of the year? Or? Week three. He played week, week three. three at least a little bit. But. Okay. But, you know, sidelined uh, since then, it was kind of, there were rumors, but, you know, Michigan didn't address exactly what his situation was. And then he, you know, he shared on social media that he had he had surgery. Yeah. yeah. Jim Harbaugh has been awfully quiet about his status and what exactly he was going through other than he just wasn't playing. Uh, you know, we'd see him on the sideline and stuff before games, but he, he never, he wasn't suiting up or the like. Um, yeah, there have been rumors, but yeah, he took to social media I think Friday evening uh, saying that he went down to Fort Myers, Florida uh, and had a quote, life-changing surgery. He didn't go into details. Um, I'm going to hold off for now because we hear rumors and things about injuries, but I haven't been able to verify or confirm anything. So I don't want to put it out there until we have more uh, legitimate source. But nonetheless, it it sounds like air, air call is certainly going to be out for the rest of the year. I don't envision him coming back from a serious surgery within a matter of six weeks. Um, but it just kind of confirms what we kind of been suspecting. Uh, Michigan will probably be without him for the rest of the year. And, and so far, I mean, it, they've been able to make do. I mean, they've leaned on Luke Schoonmaker quite a bit at tight end. They've got contributions from some of the other guys, Max Bredesen, Colston Loveland, um, and obviously some of the other guys. So, I mean, they've been fine at tight end. Certainly having Eric Gall would be nice. I mean, he came into the year as a legitimate NFL prospect. I, you know, one, one person told me in the scouting community told me they had like a – fourth or fifth round grade on him. And he certainly could have boosted that with another big year. Uh, so I, it rains to be seen what his future looks like here at Michigan. I think the assumption was that he was going to go to the NFL after this year. He had a pretty good year last year. And I thought, you know, they thought if he had another good year this year, it'd be icing on the cake and just never got the opportunity to do that. So um, we'll see what happens. I, I certainly hope for his sake is his playing career isn't over. Uh, maybe we'll get some clarity here in the next couple of days or next couple of weeks. Uh, but nonetheless, at least for the immediate future, Michigan won't be uh, won't have Eric Hall there uh, out there on the field. Yeah, I mean, I I think he is more, um, you know, more dangerous, more of an explosive player in the in the passing game. Um, but overall, Schoonmaker's been, you know, been very productive um, as a blocker and, and a pass catcher. He's been very reliable. So um, maybe not a huge downgrade there. But yeah, for all, I mean. You know, obviously he's here at, at Michigan with the University of Michigan Hospital. He's he's from Ohio, so to go down to Florida for this procedure does tell you it was it was very serious, and clearly he was seeing, you know, a particular specialist that he he felt comfortable with. So, um, 
yeah, you'd think he's he's probably done. No, he didn't. He didn't. You know, for the year, but he didn't he didn't say that for sure in his post. Maybe uh, Jim Harbaugh will you know address it today, and we'll get some more information. But um, yeah, I guess I guess what else are you are you looking to see? You know, from from Michigan or, or learn, um, you know, in these next few days uh, before before the game. All right, so I expect more trash talk this week, and we're going to get more players. Michigan State is going to talk to the media, so we're probably going to hear from both sides here that this this week tends to be a little chippy as usual. Um, you know, some some folks think this, at least from a player standpoint, this rivalry sometimes is bigger than the Ohio State rivalry, just in terms of the jawing and some of the on the field antics we've seen in previous years. I mean, go yeah. back to the Devin Bush situation, East Lansing, and and, and the stake in the ground, and. I don't know. It just it seems like every year there's something. So I, we'll, we'll see what ha- what comes of that. I suspect something will. Um, you know, we may get an update on Cade McNamara, his injury status this week. Uh, is this just me speculating at this point? Um, he looked healthier on Saturday or last, last before the last game against Penn State. He was on mm-hmm. the field uh, throwing the football, kind of in a stationary motion. He wasn't in uniform, but he was. He looked active. And he looked like he, he looked fine. He was walking around just fine. So it tells me he's at least getting closer to to, to a to a potential return. Um, we'll certainly ask this week and see what the status is. I'm sure the bye week didn't hurt the situation, um, so we he, we may be closer to getting him back. Not not that he's going to probably start or play much, but it would be nice to have you know Michigan have a you know a uh, a experienced backup back. So other right. than that. Not expecting a ton, just a lot of jawing as expected. Um, you know, it, it, this week is always interesting because it's it's look forward to every year, and then I think once we get to this week, we just want to get to Saturday and get to play the game and let's let's do it. Put it on the field and let's play football and put the pads on and, and do it. Um, we'll find out. You know, let the talking do uh, you know <laughs> sit, uh, subside and, and determine on the field. Of course, just getting to Saturday is still not, uh, we're not quite there yet with this game since it is a 7.30 p.m. Eastern time kick. It's the ABC game. You know, it's been interesting. ABC, that used to be the the primetime slot. Now, they seem to have lost some of its luster this year. I mean, they had Clemson for several weeks in a row, and um, this past week was Penn State, Minnesota, and now Michigan, Michigan State, which is always big, but I, I feel like outside of Michigan, when only one team is doing well, as is the case this year, and it's not it's not quite you know what it what it can be. So uh, that's interesting. I'll be writing about this for for him live later this week, but you know uh, you can you can confirm this. Yes, that this is not Michigan's preference as far as a, a university and maybe even a program and athletic department to be playing a night game uh, really at all, but especially this late in the year against this opponent. Yeah, and a Halloween weekend to boot, which mm-hmm. things get a little crazy to begin with. So yeah, uh, not ideal situation I think for either either school. I think if you were to ask Michigan State the same question, if they they would you know if they would want to play a night game against Michigan at home on Halloween weekend, they'd probably tell you the same thing. Uh, so no, I mean not only that, but it, it gets the players out of schedule. You know, if you ask Jim Harbaugh and the coaches, and I, I would guess probably a lot of the players. They tell you they prefer to play an afternoon game because you got to sit around all day and it gets you out of your regular routine. Uh, you know, sit there and watch football games and then you, you don't take the field till you know seven thirty. So um, it, it should be a good atmosphere. The weather looks decent. It should be a lot of fun. I mean, night games at Michigan Stadium are fun from a fan perspective, as long as the weather isn't crap. Uh, so it, it'll be fun. But yes, a rivalry game, allowing the fans to sit around all day and and drink and do whatever they want uh should it'll probably be a little more hectic for the police department and security folks and building officials than uh than normal 
nonetheless, that's how it goes. Uh, these days, TV networks kind of pick the games and dictate who's playing when. And unfortunately for Michigan and Michigan State, they really had no say in this matter, at least this early in the year. So, you know, Fox had already locked up the Ohio State-Penn State game. ESPN went with uh, Tennessee-Kentucky in primetime. So they elect to put Michigan and in, in in, uh, Michigan and Michigan State on, on ABC. So that's how it goes. Um, not much you can do about it in these day and ages. Uh, and if you ask the fan base, I, I guess, you know, a good portion of them are probably energized and pumped for it. I mean, they, they, night games are fun. Um, but yeah, if you're a, if you're a, you know, a player or someone from behind the scenes, uh, there's a lot more logistical things that go into it. And, and then I think a lot of those folks tend to tend, tend to think negative too. Like what could go wrong? What's the worst case scenario here? And the later you play a game, obviously it opens the door for some of that stuff. Yeah. Six of seven Michigan games so far this year have been at noon Eastern time, including the, the previous five leading up to this. This is the latest in the season. I remember that they haven't had a three thirty game yet. Um, still, you know, a few opportunities, uh, for that, but yeah, it's been, it's been interesting, but yes, as you mentioned, the only, the only say that matters is those of the television networks and they have decided, and that is, that's what we've got. So, uh, and, and next week could be night as well at Rutgers. Um, you know, definitely could be a, you know, big 10 network night game potentially, but I think the road games are always viewed a little differently for fans watching on TV and, you know, actually attending it. But, uh, yeah, like I said, we will have plenty more coverage of Michigan, Michigan State leading up to the game, including, um, you know, a crossover episode with our Spartans beat writer later this week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>